You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Amen, church. Let's praise God this morning. Let's give him a shout of praise. Come on, church, you can do better than that. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for our salvation. We, we worship him in this place today. Man, in a, in a couple of weeks, each and every one of us, myself included, I mean, we're going to be standing up, we're going to be cheering, we're going to be shouting for some guy we don't know wearing a jersey, putting on a helmet, and carrying a piece of pigskin across the goal line. And I tell you what, if we can stand and shout and praise him for carrying that ball across the goal line, we ought to be able to stand and cheer and shout for the one who saved us, for the one who showed us his grace and love and set us free. Amen, church? Let's praise him today. Let's praise him today. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Man, today is an exciting day for me. This is a Vision Sunday. So as we share and, and look at some of the exciting things that God is doing at Foothills Church, uh, feel free this morning uh, if you agree and if you're excited to praise God this morning. Can you do that? Can you help me with that? Um, it's going to be a great day, and I'm so excited that you have uh, decided to join us today. And what a great opportunity this morning to, to just shout and sing and lift up our hearts, lift up our hands to Jesus. And uh, man, God has done some incredible things in the life of Foothills Church over the last six months. And so it's hard to believe, but we're already six months through the year. And I thought it would be a good idea for us to look back uh, in just this short amount of time in the last six months and, and uh, kind of recognize some of the great things that God has done, and then also uh, take a look at where we're headed, what, what the vision is, some, some direction. And, and uh, I think it's helpful to look back, and I think it's also very refreshing to look forward. In fact, uh, it's a very biblical concept. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, that where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And so we want to look at the vision that God has given to us here at Foothills Church, and we want to constantly be reminded about that vision. We want to align to that vision, and we want to support the vision to develop mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. Now, the message uh, paraphrases that verse like this. It says, if, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now think about that. I, I love uh, how that uh, flows and, and, and the concepts that that teaches us, that, that if people can't see what God is doing, they're going to stumble all over themselves. And, and here's the reality. A lot of us can get busy in our life and we can get, you know, on this one track of, of a, a way of thinking of doing what we've got to do and the task list and all the things that we're busy with. And we can uh, allow those blinders of life and the distractions of life cause us to miss and not see what God is doing around us. And if we can't see what God is doing around us, we're going to tend to fall and stumble all over ourselves. And so I think it's helpful for us uh, today to be able to see what God has done and, and then attend to what he reveals to us. 
And to attend to what he reveals to us means that we actually are doing what the word of God tells us to do. So he reveals it, we attend to it. In other words, we're servants of it. We're good stewards of the principles and the things that we know from the word of God. We're actually doing what he's called us to do. And then it says that we are most blessed when we actually do those things. And so I want to start this morning by just sharing what's coming up in the immediate future. Uh, So next Sunday, we're going to start a brand new series entitled To Be Human. I wanted us to take a look at one of the most basic and fundamental elements of what makes you and I human, and that is worship. And so uh, I think that even though worship is one of these fundamental aspects of humanity, it's one of the most misunderstood and complex uh, concepts in in life. And so we're going to spend six weeks on what it means to truly worship. And, and I can tell you this is one of those series that you can invite your friends to this. And so I don't always say that, but this is one of those good ones where you can do that because every single human being has a heart condition that leads us to worship something or someone. And so everyone's going to relate to this, and we're going to look at what it truly means to worship in spirit and in truth. And as we've mentioned, fall kickoff is this Friday, a dodgeball tournament. I've been asked this a hundred times, so let me just say it. Yes, I'm going to be in the dodgeball tournament. Uh, No, I don't have the body type for a dodgeball tournament. I'm a little tall and slow at this point, but I'm going to give it my best effort. I still got quick hands, and so I still have some quickness, and uh, uh, you're going to see that uh, this Friday. So I hope you'll be there. Invite some friends and Of course, our family ministry is kicking off over the next couple of weeks. I know this coming Wednesday is an open house for parents to to come and learn and check out uh, all the various things that are going to be happening this this year. Promotion Sunday is just around the corner a few weeks away. And so uh, all of that programming is kicking off. We're super excited about this uh, fall and and the programming and what God is going to do uh, through that. And so let let me highlight a few things that uh, has, has happened here at FC in, in just a few uh, short months, just six months. And I know for some of you, uh, you've, you've started to attend FC, and, and this is the only room that, that you really know. But uh, today is our four-month anniversary being in this uh, room. And so uh, it, it's flown by, but in the last six months, we, we don't want to forget that we have done a really huge, made a really huge transition as a church, and that is moving from one building and totally kind of changing where everybody meets on Sunday morning. All of our kids and check-in systems and all that stuff have, has transitioned, and, and you guys did beautifully with that transition, and I know that there were days where we were figuring things out, and we tried things that didn't necessarily work that great, and so hopefully still ironing out all the kinks, but uh, isn't it amazing that, that we have made this transition? We are in this facility. It's just absolutely awesome, and and God has done an incredible work. It's taken so much work. It's taken so many resources to be able to make this happen. And so that's been an incredible uh, thing that we've accomplished. And during this time, um, just in the last six months, listen to this, we've had over 800 first-time guests come to Foothills Church. Can you believe that? That's incredible. Now, we put a lot of emphasis on our hospitality ministry. When, you say, when we say, you belong here, we actually mean that. 
we, we understand that, that God has, has not brought you here by accident. And if you're one of those first-time guests over the last six months, we are so, so glad that you have decided to join us. And we believe God is up to something big in your life. I believe that, that in fact, God is on the verge of changing and, and equipping and, and doing something unique and special in your life. And so I'm glad uh, that you are here we have, and this doesn't include the people we just baptized, but just in six months, on the dot, we have baptized 100 people. In the last six months, come on, church, let's praise God for that. If we can cheer for a football team, buddy, we better get excited about that. Come on, church. Why aren't you standing to your feet? Why aren't you standing to your feet? Come on, church. Come on, church. Praise God. For the 100 people that he has saved. Hey, if you're one of those 100 people, would you just wave at me? How many of you are in here all over? Praise God, you can have a seat now. Man, we, we got to get excited. I know it's the 9 a.m. service, and so you're just still kind of waking up. But uh, we, we got to get it going. Man, that is incredible. 100 people in just six months. That's never happened in the life of our church, and so I'm truly thankful for the Lord and what he has done. Uh, we had over 200 people serve in, in nine different local organizations in our Let's Go Week, and man, we saw so many great things happening uh, from connecting at uh, Rockford Elementary to building a wheelchair ramp, in fact, almost essentially remodeled um, a home in this process over the last several months and, and uh, filled a whole trailer full of, of donations to, to CARM, uh, Knox Area Rescue Ministries, and just so many amazing, this is the hands and feet of Jesus in our city, and you guys did a phenomenal job with that. We could go on and on about all the things and, and partnerships that we have in this city, um, in this area, uh, as well as as we've baptized, as we've uh, seen new people come to our church, over 100 people, actually 103 people, have, have actually partnered with us as a church as well. And so that is incredible that, that over 100 people have, gone, have, have started the journey process and have committed to be a partner here and said, yeah, I'm on board with the vision. Yeah, we want to we wanna connect. Yeah, we, we want to serve. Yes, we want to see disciples made in this city. And so that has been a phenomenal number as well. We, we finally broached the 500 number in how many people are actually in small groups at our church. So just over 500 people are now in small groups, and that is phenomenal as well. It's been uh, growing significantly over the last several months, and so grateful for that. Of course, you've heard us talk about sending mission teams to London, uh, sending mission teams to Montana. Our, our student ministry is sending a team in the next couple of weeks, uh, well, actually in the over fall break to Haiti. I've mentioned to you we're sending a team to Washington, D.C. Uh, to help our church planner there uh, take care and, and kind of renovate some space there and do some evangelistic uh, ministries. And so God is sending us. We've got one student who has now uh, moved to London for a season to partner with our church planners there, and another family that's in the process of moving to, to live there and, and uh, help the church planners that are that are on the ground there. Man, it's just exciting to see 
God calling people into ministry and God moving over overseas and, and so many of you connecting in all of these ministries that are reaching and touching uh, the hands and feet of people in our community. Uh, your prayer, your giving, your effort is, is going places that you may never go. You are influencing and you are touching and you are reaching and you are connecting with people that you may never meet until heaven. And I'm excited about that. We get to be a part of something amazing here at Foothills Church. And I believe that, that we are seeing and, and we're on the verge of a modern day revival right here in this little town, this little suburb of Knoxville, man. And I'm excited to see how God is going to change us and move us in the days ahead. And so we have so much to thank God for and to praise God for uh, over the last just six months. And, and I'm just, just blown away. Uh, but I'm also really excited about where we're going. And so I want to I wanna talk to you today about our vision and, and, and three areas specifically that, that I want to encourage you to, to, to begin a process and to begin to get on board with and, and uh, really just kind of hear my heart today for, for what I believe God is, is just really stirring in my heart and, and uh, what our elders really feel like God is stirring in their heart. And hopefully together, uh, as we think about it today, we, we can all begin to move in the same direction. You see, we have a big vision because we serve a big God. And I believe God is really truly positioning our church to do some even uh, more incredible things in the near future. And so uh, as we talk about some dreams today, I, I don't share these dreams because it means that we're going to do it all tomorrow. But I want you to begin to dream with me. And I want you to hear my heart today. And so uh, if you're taking notes, I'll start with number one that we all need to get on board with. And and the first point today is that uh, as we move forward as a church, we want to aggressively pay for this building. And I'm I'm choosing my adjectives very uh, intentionally today that that we want to be aggressive in in the paying off of the debt and, and, and moving forward as a church. And so the Vision Fund is an offering of, of gratitude that, our, uh, that, that is over and above your regular giving that our church partners have said, yes, we're going to be a part of. We've challenged the entire church to give to that end that pays for the vision, that, that equips us to move forward as a church. And many of you gave to the vision offering in December, and uh, that was amazing. But what's also important is your regular giving to the vision fund. And I thank you if, if you are already giving to this vision fund. It, it pays aggressively towards this facility. And, and uh, for those of you that aren't giving to the vision offering, I want to encourage you to take that step to join us and to be a part of all of these amazing lives that, uh, that have been changed and, and that are changing. The people that we just saw baptized a few moments ago, they are part of the story. And if you are giving, you are part of that story as well. And so thank you to those who are. And if you're not, you can go online today, uh, click on the giving tag, and you can, you can actually set up a re- reoccurring offering and, and uh, set that to come out of, of, of whatever account you want it to. And it's safe, it's secure, and it's a blessing for our church as we budget and we know what's coming and, and we can project ahead. It's, it's very, very helpful for us and helps us to aggressively pay for this facility. You know, the numbers of people that are being impacted with the gospel— because of this building, have already exceeded any numbers and anything we have ever seen as a church. And that's God just getting started. 
I don't believe we have scratched the surface yet. I don't believe that, that we have even come close to what he is going to do. We've been faithful to take some steps as a church to, to become the church that God has called us to be. And, and he has been faithful to send his spirit. He has been faithful to do what he can only do. I can't change anybody. You can't change anyone. That's God's job, and we're seeing him change lives all around us for his glory. And I've said this before, but, but your giving will determine the pace of this vision. Your giving will determine the pace of this vision. In other words, your giving is, is going to determine how fast we actually accomplish the vision that God has given to Foothills Church. And so uh, how soon things can happen depend on how invested financially you and I are, are giving. And listen, we're not trying to break any records here. We're, we're not trying to outpace our giving. We're not in a hurry. Uh, we're not trying to break any records to, you know, feed our ego. We believe that God's favor is here and upon us here at FC. And we want to place this church in a position that God wants it to be. And so as we think to that endeavor, we also pray and we wait for God to provide the resources to fund the vision that he's given us. And so with confidence, I can say that you will not find a better place to invest your resources to get a return on that investment more so than here at Foothills Church. No stock that you've ever invested in will ever give you a return on that investment as it will when you give to God's kingdom through a church like Foothills Church. And so I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to see around you what God is doing so that you, in fact, can be encouraged. And uh, what people gave here nine years ago, they didn't spend. They didn't waste. They invested. They invested in an idea, in a vision to have a church here in the city. When we bought this building uh, next door, people were investing when we renovated what we call the theater now, our old auditorium, just a few short years ago, if you did that, you were investing into the ministries and the lives of people. And today, our children right now are, are being blessed by it. Your teenagers are being blessed by it. Your grandchildren will be blessed by it. And because you gave nine years ago, five years ago, six years ago, God has blessed this church. We're here today doing the things that we're doing because of your faithfulness. Luke 14, 23, Jesus is telling a parable, and he says, the master told his servant to, to go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be what? Full. So that my house may be full. Now, I've said this before. You know me. When, when I go see a movie uh, at the theater, I like that theater to be empty. I don't want to hear you chewing your popcorn during a quiet moment. I don't want you kicking your feet up on me. I want to be able to just to be in that place with hardly anybody in the room. Anybody with me when you go see a movie you like that? That's how I like it. Now, when you go to God's house, when you go to church, an empty seat is a serious matter. <laughs> If we were all sprawled out here, kicking our feet up, we had all this room to lay down and take a nap during the sermon, and, and we had all this room to sprawl out, that would be a, a, a not good situation, amen, right? So, so God's house, what he desires is that it would be full. And so we go out to the country lanes and compel people to come in so that his house is 
full. And so we want to see that God cares about his lost children. And his mandate is that we fill up his house. See, I think all churches should grow. Now, the the pace of that growth is going to be different. There are a lot of churches growing faster than us, and there are churches growing slower than us, and the pace is not what we control, but what we can control is how we pursue and how we are compelling people to come in and, and take part in the gospel ministry, right? And so as we share the gospel and as we help connect people to Jesus, we will see growth. And if you don't like a church that's growing, this probably isn't the place for you uh, because we desire that God's house would be full. And so we organize and we strategize and we lead this church to grow. And it's not like we have this nice space now. And so now we just need to, you know, uh, protect this nice space. I've got this cool little area to preach and I got a little office here. And it's not about me and what I need. It's about what the lost people in Blount County need. And so how can we connect them to the gospel. And so that is our heartbeat. So we're not asking you to determine the vision. God has already determined that vision. Our elders have already accepted that vision. But you can, in fact, determine the speed of that vision. And I think that we can do some things sooner. We can do some things quicker. But uh, you, you tell me how fast you want to go by how you give. Now, I met a, a pastor named Chris Hodges, who's a pastor that I really look up to. And uh, he said, uh, what would you do if somebody gave your church a million dollars? Do you have a plan? And I took that conversation um, a long time ago and started to think about that and started to pray through that. And, and um, so today I, I know the answer to that. And, and so I wanted to share that with you and, and, uh, and, and, and in hopes that you would just know, man, this is, this is a dream. This is, this is just being prepared for God to fill our cup, to bless us in ways that I can't even comprehend. But if someone gave a million dollars to our church and they wanted it to, to, to stay within the walls of this church, then, then it would be a no-brainer. We've got we to pay off this facility. So it all goes through the facility. If somebody gave a million dollars and said, you know what, we want it to bless the city. We want, we want you to do something that's really going to bless the city. No-brainer. I already know. Buy property, build a counseling center. You know, Blount County is in the, one, the, the top 10 counties in the country for drug issues and drug addiction and drug problems. You realize that? That's, that's your community. And so there are a lot of hurting and broken people who are going to drugs to find fulfillment and satisfaction. And, and uh, we know that the only way they're going to experience healing is through the gospel. And so we provide this place, we preach the gospel, but a counseling center to help marriages and help those addicted to drugs is just one of those things that would totally, I believe, revolutionize this community. And so if someone gave, said, hey, I want it to bless the city, no brainer, I know what, know what I want to do. If someone said, hey, I, I, I want it to bless, you know, the, 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 the great commission in a way that would, that would go beyond this city even, and I would say, oh yeah, no brainer, we can plant a church. So we can go straight to, to Knoxville, we can go straight to whatever area God has led us to that we've agreed on, and, 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 and we could plant a church. If someone said, I want it to go overseas, I, I want that million dollars to go overseas, I know exactly what to do. We connect uh, with, who, with our church planners in London that we're already connected with, and we'd use that to help establish a location for them that would bless the city and communities and people in that area. And people are coming to know Jesus in incredible ways there, and we'd bless them, and we'd see God do a miracle in their life. And, and so, yeah, there, there's a plan. The vision is here. We're waiting on someone to accelerate the vision. And so uh, we're praying through that, and we're not a race, but, but we're certainly waiting as God will provide. You know, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, 
with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. You know, a lot of people in America cannot say that they are honoring the Lord with their wealth. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, it's our joy, it's our blessing to honor God with our resources. And so I want to encourage you to do that because all giving is not the same. I was talking to a guy um, not long ago who was looking for an organization to, to give money to. And, he, and, you know, as a believer, looking for ways to bless people, that's great. And, and uh, those are wonderful things to do. But social justice without spiritual justice is empty. Absolutely empty. We don't want to just give and we don't just want to serve people. We want to give and we want to serve in the name of Jesus. And so if we want to see people come to know Christ, if we want to see people discipled and, and matured, I believe the best way to see that happen is through the, the, the plan that God created, which is the church. That's his strategy. And so we give uh, to God's church and we see him bless other people. You know, Jesus changed my life in God's church and by his grace, he keeps changing me. I'll never forget, I, I was lost. I thought uh, life was all about Trent. I thought people should serve Trent. I thought people, you know, should entertain Trent. I thought life was all about Trent finding happiness. And uh, one night, uh, God convinced me that I was lost and that I needed saved. You know, I grew up in church, and so I knew all the Bible stories. I knew all the, the lingo, and, and I was very self-righteous as a, as a young person. And, and uh, you know, when, when that uh, country preacher from Oklahoma preached at our church in Knoxville, and he invited people to come forward to receive Christ as their Savior, God convicted me that night. I knew a lot about God, but, but I didn't know God personally, and I'd never, I'd never committed my life to him and, and, and allowed him to change me. And I walked forward that night, and you guys know my dad was the pastor of Grace Baptist at that time, and as I walked forward, he saw me, and I said, Dad, I need to be saved. And he pointed to the floor, and he said, well, you know what to do. And I knelt down there, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I have never been the same and I believe that there are people all over this church and all over this city that experience the same struggle that I struggled with. You know, I, I wasn't perfect after that decision. I was not in any way qualified to go into ministry. In fact, I ran from God's call in my life. I was, I was fast and I was very strategic and I was, I was full bent on running away from what God wanted me to do. And I tried to pursue all kinds of other avenues in life to try to run from what God wanted me to do, but he continued to pursue me. And by his grace, he convinced me and led me to be a pastor. It's the greatest decision I have ever made. And I get to come to work every day and love what I'm doing and, and, and get paid to do it. And it's the greatest thing that I have ever experienced in my life. And, and so I love the church and I love what I do. And I love to serve you and I love to serve this community. And I know that there are other folks in this city that need to be here. They need to experience the grace of Jesus Christ just like I did. And so together, Let's make a commitment to aggressively pay for this building and honor the Lord with our wealth. Secondly, I want to encourage you to willingly move to a multi-site strategy. Willingly move to a multi-site strategy. Now, when I use the word willingly, I, I, I mean that we, we do this very, you know, this is kind of a mindset here that we are, we're going, we're going to willingly follow where we believe God is, is calling us to be. I know when I say multi-site, some of you have no understanding what that means, and, and some of you do, and you don't want to, or you don't really care, and 
What's the whole point of that? You've heard maybe other churches doing that, but what it means is that as our church grows and uh, this room fills up at the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. fills up, it's already pretty full, by the way. And let's just say, you know, in a year, okay, we start another service and that one fills up. I mean, eventually, parking spaces are going to be empty and seats in this room are going to be empty if we continue to experience the blessing that God has, has, has given us thus far. And so what do we do at that point? I mean, we're not going to take a bulldozer and knock this thing down and, and build something bigger. That's, that's not the plan. That's not the direction God is leading us. We're, we're not going to build any more on this campus. And, and so what do we do when it's, when it's full? Do we stop preaching evangelistic messages because ah, we, we, can't really, we can't really take any more new believers here because we're full. And so let's just stop preaching evangelistic messages and let's just take care of the people that are here. Well, of course not. We can't stop that. May that never be what we do or, or even consider. And so what we, what we consider is how do we connect more people to the gospel? Well, we can start more churches and we can start campuses. And, and as we start campuses in other areas, it gathers uh, more people around the vision. Otherwise, those people would not hear the gospel, would not have a church like Foothills Church to connect to. And so, uh, of course, that's one reason that we would, we would consider that because we want to continue uh, connecting people to the gospel. Why else would we want to start campuses? Well, the Great Commission, uh, you know, commands us to go and make disciples. And, and so as we go and make disciples and, and God blesses and, and uh, he, we see growth here, then, then why wouldn't we want to expand that into other areas? To see God bless and grow and connect other people to himself and people find life in Jesus, why wouldn't we want to structure and lead in that way. Obviously, the Great Commission would, would, would lead us to do that. A passion for the lost would lead us to do that. Jesus said, I, I, I'm going to leave the 99 and go after the one who is lost. Jesus said, I didn't come to, uh, you, know, you know, meet all this, the, the righteous and connect with the righteous. I came for the sick and the lost and the hurting. And so our heartbeat would be to connect those who are far from God, that they might find life in Jesus. That would compel us to start campuses. And and uh, passion to obey Jesus would be another reason. We believe as, as elders of the church that God has been leading us in that, this direction for a long time. And so as we pray about this and we, we, we just sense God's call upon our life, then, then we realize, okay, we've got to obey. For me not to obey that call would be to be an unfaithful leader. And I couldn't live with myself if I wasn't leading you guys faithfully. And and so uh, I, I feel burdened to, to, to obey him. And so what we need to begin to do is, is look at ways to stretch our influence and in, impact not just this city, but other cities. You know, churches all over America are, are, are you know, doing this multi-site thing. So we've, we've learned from a lot and continue to learn. And God is growing them and, and uh, connecting people to, to, to the gospel as a result of this. And so we will eventually become ready uh, for a second campus that's going to develop more disciples and meet more needs in our city and change lives just like God has done here. But the first thing I want us to do as a church is, is, is that we would willingly pray about moving in this direction. And so uh, basically means we're, not, we're, we're open to work on a strategy. We're, we're open to pray about uh, this endeavor. But nothing like this would ever happen unless the, the following eight things would happen. All these boxes have to be checked. All these boxes have to go green. And the first one would just simply be prayer. 
And so that's what I'm asking you to do now, very simply, just to begin to pray about this and, and open yourself up to, to the idea of, of what that would look like as a church. And so we would pray about that. We, we would have to have the right leader, uh, a leader to, to um, run that campus. We would have to have uh, the right location, the right place to start that. We'd have to have the finances, obviously, to, to do that. Uh, we would have to have the right uh, person to, to lead music and, and the right team around uh, that person. We would need the right leader to, to lead all the production and media of that campus. We would need the right leader and team uh, to run family ministry and children's ministry. And we would need the right uh, team to, to launch that campus. And so that would, that would, that would mean uh, you, some of you committing to go to that campus and, and, and at least be there for a year and, and, uh, and, and, and help uh, get the thing going. Uh, when all these boxes would go green, then we could take the appropriate steps. But let me just say, none of these boxes have gone green yet. None of them have been checked. And so at this point, I'm just simply asking you to be willing uh, to, to be open to the idea. And um, your, your willingness to be open to that idea would mean that you would pray. And so we would start to check this box as a church and begin to pray how God would lead us and that we would move willingly where he would, he would lead us as a church. Thirdly and finally... I want to encourage you to passionately pursue the journey process. Passionately pursue the journey process. Now, the journey process is our discipleship strategy. It starts with base camp, camp two, camp three, the FC school of ministry. And so um, I shared some numbers with you. Another really great number that, that we can share is that in camp two, um, over the last six months, 63 people have gone through camp two. Now, that is, that's phenomenal. And uh, Pastor Todd and his team have done a great job connecting all of those people, and it's, an, it's a very encouraging and, and very uh, specific class that helps people discover their design in ministry. And, and uh, 63 people, that's incredible. That's more than we have ever seen. But can I tell you something? I'm not that excited about that number. You know why? Because hundreds of you have been through base camp, and you have become a partner and you have not gone and taken your next step and gone to camp too. If you're new to this church or maybe you're from the north and you're not used to a talk like this, this is what we in the south call come to Jesus moment. <laughs> There's a lot of partners in our church that said we're on board. We're going to partner. We're going to serve, give, go to small group. And you're not doing it. You're not taking that step. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take your next step and to passionately pursue the journey process, to take your partnership seriously, to take your growth seriously, and to take whatever step God has called you to take, wherever you are at on this journey. Uh, camp 3 in the last six months, 17 people went through Camp 3. A lot of them are couples, and so you're talking about eight um, basically eight people that are, that are ready now to start a small group. Camp 3 is, is our, our uh, class that helps you discover your leadership potential. And uh, by taking Camp 3, you are then uh, potentially ready to start a small group and, and lead a small group, co-lead at least a small group. And so uh, Camp 3, that 18 people, that's about eight or nine small groups. Do you remember the number I shared a minute ago? Over 800 people are now entering our church. You think eight new small groups is going to cut it? You see, some of you have been in the church. Some of you have partnered. You're not taking any steps of growth. And, and you said that you want to be a partner. 
but you're just kind of taking up a chair. And I want to encourage you, God has more for you. God did not call you to a church like Foothills Church so that you could warm a seat, so that you could check a box on Sunday morning and say, yeah, I'm a part of a church, and yeah, I do this once a week. No, God has called you to make disciples. Every single person in this room has been given that command as a follower of Jesus. And when you are a part of the ministries of Foothills Church, you can say, I am on mission. I am, I am a part of what God is doing. But if you're just showing up on Sunday, you can't really say that. And so I'm, I'm challenging and encouraging you and hopefully inspiring you that your next step could be the next step that totally changes your life. So passionately pursue the journey process and take your next step. One of the reasons we are in investing resources and, and time uh, into the school of ministries because we truly believe that, that we're, we're called to, to build leaders that can build the church. And so uh, part of the, the, the new phase of the journey process is the school of ministry. And I want those called into full-time vocational ministry to get equipped, to be pastors, to be church leaders. I want people from all over the country to come to Foothills Church to go through the school of ministry. And I want them to, to be able to serve in our church so that we can then send them to other campuses or plant churches or send them overseas and if you're not called to full-time vocational ministry, I want you to be the leader that God is calling you to be at home and at work and in this church. In fact, the Bible says my job description in Ephesians 4, Paul says, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So, so my role essentially is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. And so we spend so much time and energy with the journey process and now so much time and resources to start the FC School of Ministry so that you could become the man that God has called you to be. Just think of what you could learn. Just think of the experiences that you could have, that you would step out of that experience having, having been immersed in the Word of God having been challenged and equipped in such a way that now you can boldly lead your family. Now you can boldly lead a ministry and, and see all the blessings and all the uh, lives that are changed as a result. I'm excited to bring uh, John Aiken on our team as our FC School of Ministry consultant. So he'll, he'll be uh, part of the, the, the teaching team in the, in the School of Ministry and excited. He's got a PhD in theology and he's going to bring a whole uh, level uh, to that school and he's going to be a part of that ministry. And so I'm, I'm excited to see his involvement, excited uh, to see how God moves us uh, forward as a church. And so to recap, aggressively pay for this building We've got to give to God's kingdom. We're going to willingly move to a multi-site strategy because we want to reach more people with the gospel. So we're going to pray about it. We're going to be willing to pray about it simply. And we're going to passionately pursue the journey process because I, I want you to take your next step, whatever that next step is. And, and no, it's not going to be easy, by the way. And yes, you've got things going on, by the way. But your next step of growth and your next step of, of faith is never going to be easy. Listen, it's never going to fit your schedule. And so as a partner of Foothills Church, I hope that you accept this. Now, if you're new, you're thinking, oh man, this is kind of 
covering a lot of stuff here. What, what's, what, what do I need to do? Well, I would say the first thing you need to realize is that God wants you to know him. God wants you to know him. And so the scripture says in Ephesians 1.18, Paul's praying for the church there in Ephesus, and he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So my prayer for you today and my prayer for you moving in this new season of ministry as a church as we, as we get through half the year beginning this new fall season is that God would enlighten your heart. In other words, he would open up your heart to new truth, open up your eyes to, to new passion and to a, a new direction and to a new step that you may know the hope. Some of you have heard about the hope, but that you would know the hope to which he has called you. This is a calling that he has placed on your life. When you are called to this church, that means that, that God has a role and a purpose for you to fulfill. And if you are not fulfilling that role, the team suffers, the people suffer. And if you are not fulfilling that role, and if you are not fulfilling that purpose, those in the community that would be changed are not changed. And that's the greatest tragedy for me. See, God wants you to know him, but God also wants you to find freedom. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to find joy. He wants you to find freedom in sin. He wants you to, to know that Jesus, in fact, is life. And when you find Jesus, he wants you to find freedom in every area of pain and hurt that you've ever experienced. God loves you just the way that you are. We love you just the way that you are today. But God loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. And so that means taking steps of faith and doing things that are uncomfortable and stretching you in ways that you haven't been stretched before. And it's, and it's calling you out of a comfort zone and, and out of what's normal for you into areas that you have not experienced. And yes, it will require boldness. And yes, it will require you to be confident, not in yourself, but in what he calls you to be. And we say, you know what? I've got one life to live. I'm not going to waste my time serving myself and my kingdom any longer. I'm going to step into the role of freedom. I'm going to step into the life that God has called me to. And listen, you're not going to find this freedom and this purpose um, on your own. I mean, sure, Sundays are great, and, and sure, you can find some of that purpose, and uh, you can scratch the surface, but you're never going to do this on your own. You need others around you. And so that's why we talk about small groups and relationships all the time here. You need a small group where other people are in your life pouring in that freedom and showing you freedom that you haven't experienced and encouraging you in ways that you've never been encouraged before. And through those relationships, God grows you. And through those relationships, you have the opportunity to encourage others. And so this coming fall, just actually in a few weeks, I think it's August 12th, is our small group connect where you can uh, meet leaders and, and jump into a small group and, and begin to build relationships that, that God will use to encourage you and, and challenge you. God wants you to find freedom. God wants you to discover your purpose. You aren't here by accident. You're not here on this planet by accident, and you're definitely not here in this church by accident. God has brought you here for a specific purpose. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. And you know, when you don't see God's vision for your life, you're in danger of settling for earthly pleasures. You're in danger of settling for things that are less than God's best for your life. 
You're in danger of, 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 of accepting a comfortable life. You're, you're in danger of accepting mediocrity. God has not called you to a life of mediocrity. He has called you to a life of adventure by serving his kingdom. Mediocrity happens when we serve our kingdom, but when we serve God's kingdom, the extraordinary happens. Lives are changed. I want to be a part of that. I know you want to be a part of that. Number four, God wants you to make a difference. He wants you to make a difference. I read Ephesians 1 again, verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. To know the hope, to be enlightened by the hope to which he has called you. And there is a hope that he has called each and every one of us to. And this is the purpose, and that purpose is to make a difference in someone else's life. And I'll tell you this, that the greatest feeling you will ever experience is better than any drug, it's better than any paycheck. The greatest feeling you will ever know in this life is making a difference in someone else's life. Are you doing that? I believe that if you're a part of this church, you're seeing it every week. You're a part of something special. And some of you that aren't, I'm inviting you to join us. I'm inviting you to get on board. Why settle for anything less than what God has for you? Why let fear keep you from, you know, stepping into the new future that God wants you to experience? And, and why let past mistakes and shame and rejection keep you from the promises of God? Find your purpose and make a difference. And act like your life depends on it. Too many people live a life of faith as if, Tomorrow is promised, as if you've got all the time in the world, and maybe one day we'll figure it out. No, you live every day, every single day for Jesus, like your life depends upon it, because you are not promised tomorrow, and you are not promised that once all of your debt is paid off, then you'll serve Jesus, or once you guys figure it out as a married couple, then you'll make a difference. No, you decide right here, right now, today, that you're going to make a difference and you're going to take your step of faith and you're going to open yourself up to the riches of God's blessing in your life. Don't you want that? Man, I want that. Anytime we can experience just a small snippet of that, man, it's, it's, it's the greatest feeling. It's the greatest adventure we're ever going to experience in this life. You know, the hope that God has called us to is first and foremost made because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Jesus made a difference in you so that you would make a difference in someone else's life. And, and I want to close today as a church family remembering the difference that he made for us and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And so our section leaders, you guys can go ahead and begin to prepare for this time. This is this is our time, the scripture says, for confession, to remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, to remember to be thankful for his death on the cross, what that grace means for us. And after that, you'll have an opportunity, just like every single week, to be able to give towards the vision of making disciples here at Foothills Church. And so uh, the band is going to come and sing over us and uh, my hope and my prayer for you is, is simply this today. Find Jesus.
find Jesus. When you find him, everything changes. When you find him, you find hope, you find peace, you find joy. Find Jesus, find your purpose. The journey process is, is, is strategically created to help you find your purpose. Find Jesus, then find your purpose. God has a purpose for each and every one of you. And then find a small group because you can't make a difference on your own. You can do some cool things here and there, but at the end of the day, this could never happen through one person. This happens because there were were many, many people that shared this vision, that care about this city, that care about the gospel, and wanted to see God do something great. And you know what? We haven't even scratched the surface yet. God is on the move here. As we, as I pray, you guys can move. This, remember, if you've got kids, maybe they haven't experienced salvation This is for those who have experienced salvation, recognizing that as we eat the bread, it represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. As we drink the juice, it represents the blood that was spilled for us. And because of that blood, because of that brokenness on the cross, God heals our brokenness. Because of that, our relationship with God can be restored. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you've never heard the gospel before. And I want to encourage you before you leave today, as you walk out these back doors, there's a room in the atrium called the Care and Prayer Room. And our volunteers are there every single week. And they're there to pray with you, to help you make decisions, to help explain the gospel to you. They'd love to see you. They'd love to be able to help you today. Father, we worship you today. We worship you as we sing. We worship you as we encourage each other. We worship you as we take the Lord's Supper together. God, we worship you as we give. May this offering be a sacrifice that is pleasing to you. And help us to keep our eyes on your kingdom, that this life is short, that this life is very brief. We only get one shot, one chance. And we want to see heaven. We want to see heaven in the here and now in glimpses of lives being changed and the joy of making disciples and gathering as your church. We experience that, that already heaven that is here on earth. But we also know it's not yet fully accomplished. We know that heaven one day will be our home. And and so we live for that day. We don't live for our kingdom and our day-to-day. We live for your kingdom, which is to come forevermore. Let us be mindful of that today as we remember you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.